Happy Thanksgiving, America, and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. My name is Ian McLaren. I'm your host, as always. You can find me on Twitter at ENC McLaren. You can also follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. If you're an Apple listener, a star rating and a review would be very much appreciated. Also, while you're celebrating with family and friends today, please tell any Bruins-loving people in your life about the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, and it, that would be a great joy to me to get some more listeners hopping on to our daily hockey conversation about all things spoke to be. I debated whether or not to record a podcast today, seeing as it is a holiday, but I figured there might be those out there who would enjoy some Bruins talk while you're preparing food or while you are uh, out walking the dog or if you just need a break from your family on this holiday Thursday. So here we are. There's a lot to get to today, actually, from Bruins land between the win over the Senators last night and some contract signings. I'll also briefly take a look at all the President's Men, which is our uh, weekly um power rankings of the top five NHL teams and then uh, towards the end we can take a look at the latest in the Bill Peters saga out in Calgary but first the big news of the day occurred prior to the game against the Senators when Boston Bruins general manager Don Sweeney announced the team has signed forwards Charlie Coyle and Chris Wagner to multi-year contract extensions here's how they break down for Coyle he signed a six-year deal through 2025-26 with an annual cap hit of $5.25 million. Wagner signed a three-year deal through 2022-23, with an annual NHL cap hit of $1.35 million. Um, both local boys, as we all know, and um, Sweeney uh, talked about why it was important for him to re-sign these two uh, long-term. He said... We're a product of the depth of our club, and Charlie and Chris were really excited to have them for the foreseeable future. Charlie came in and fit very nicely with our club last year. Now you're seeing versatility in him as a player, being able to go up the lineup, slide over and support a guy like Jack Stanika last night in his first game. That would be two nights ago against Montreal. Chris brings elements that we really respect. Obviously, we play our bottom part of our lineup in trusted fashion, and he's a big part of the success of that line along with Joachim Nordstrom and uh, Sean Corrali, when everyone's healthy. They're so ingrained in the community of Boston as well. They're hometown guys, but they clearly wanted to be here. They understand the pressure of playing associated with the Bruins. They're really good teammates, so for us, it was really good fit. We're really excited to have them. Cassidy added, it's good news for us. Both excellent Bruins, good teammates, hardworking guys, put the crest first. Happy to have them both on board. I know we've got a few more to go. Donnie does. uh, But I'm sure they're excited to be here, so it's good news for the club. And there are indeed a few more contracts to be settled uh, prior to the beginning of next season. Uh, Of note, uh, Tory Krug is an unrestricted free agent. Uh, He's currently making $5.25 million, but will be due for a pretty hefty increase. Uh, And these two extensions signed by Wagner and Coyle kind of put into question whether or not the Bruins will be able to retain him. Um, The belief is that he will not be traded prior to the deadline because they want to 
just remain loaded for another run, uh, long playoff run next spring. But um, whether or not they're able to keep him, it remains to be seen at this point. Zdeno Chara will also need a new contract, although that shouldn't be too expensive. Matt Grizzlick is a restricted free agent. Brendan Gauntz is a restricted free agent. Jake DeBrusque is a restricted free agent. And Anders Bjork is a restricted free agent. As And finally, Joachim Nordstrom is an unrestricted free agent. So, you know, Bjork, DeBrusque, uh, Grizzlick, those are important young pieces. They'll need to be uh, offered new deals for sure. So they'll need to be resigned. Uh, whether Nordstrom is retained remains to be seen. And there's questions about uh, Krug's long-term future, as I mentioned. And also Yaroslav Halak is an unrestricted free agent this summer. Um, and we all know how effective the one-two punch of Rask and Halak has been. Um, so it's great to have this long-term security for these two players, uh, but it does raise some questions as to uh, whether or not other pieces will need to go um, and who they'll be able to uh, ice on the lineup next season. Uh, but for right now, the Bruins are rolling. They have won five in a row now, and uh, that's a result of Wednesday night's 2-1 victory over the Ottawa Senators. Uh, they looked pretty sluggish early on, uh, probably kind of anticipating the holiday today, but also having come off a pretty massive win over the Canadians in Montreal the night before. Cassidy said, we weren't sharp early on, back-to-back games. We've been fine over the years, but today we weren't clean with the puck early on. It took us a while to sort of get to our game where we could get through there and establish a little something. Eventually we got there. It took everybody. We found a way to win. And it was uh, Brad Marchand and Zdeno Chara with the goals. Uh, Marchand uh, scored his 18th of the season and... Uh, Chara later scored the game-winning goal. Uh, he only had five goals in 62 games last season, uh, but he's already seeing a huge bump in his production this year, which is crazy considering he's 42 years old. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, he only had five goals last season in 62 games. He's already got five in 25 games. Uh, he had nine assists. He's already got seven this year, so he's only two points back of his season total from a year ago uh, through only 25 games played. So uh, Chara not slowing down. The Senators, speaking of Chara, they also uh, recognized his 1500th game during a television timeout, and he got uh, a nice ovation from the crowd. Chara, of course, spent several seasons with the Senators before signing with the Bruins as an unrestricted free agent. Chara said, it's a class act. It was something I didn't expect. Usually I get a little heads up before the game, but it's such an overwhelming reaction. Uh, my time in Ottawa, he said he had great memories. The fans are very supportive of this team and the city. I made a lot of friends, close friends that I'm still in touch with today. I can't thank them enough. Every time I play for this team, they show 100% support and they're great fans. I can attest to the fact that uh, having grown up in Ottawa, there are great hockey fans there. There's also quite a few Bruins fans in Ottawa. And uh, if you saw tweets from the Bruins prior to the game, you saw a load of Bruins fans clamoring around the ice to get uh, a glimpse of their favorite Bruins um, 
I mentioned Marshan scored. He took a nice feed from Anders Bjork in front and used a nice little hesitation move to open up the goalie before slipping the puck five hole. Uh, he now leads the Bruins with 43 points. After setting a career high with 100 points last season, he is now on pace for 137 points, uh, which is uh, pretty ridiculous. Uh, Brendan Gauntz also made his debut for the Bruins after uh, subbing in for Jack Stanika, who had played something like four games in the last five nights between the NHL and um, the AHL. Gauntz recorded the primary assist on Chara's winning goal, uh, so it's nice to get him his first point. All in all, a decent road trip through Eastern Canada. The Bruins won both games against Montreal and Ottawa, scoring the opposition 10-2. to uh, They are now... Uh, well, well, let's get into that here in a minute as we take a look at the top five teams in the NHL. Time now for a segment I like to call All the President's Men, where we look at the top five teams in the NHL. Do this real quick this week, as I know it is a holiday and you probably have better things to do. But um, number five this week, I'm going to put the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're 14, 7, and 4. Uh, they have a plus 20 goal differential, which is second only to the Boston Bruins. 640 win percentage. And uh, even without Sidney Crosby, this team continues to roll. Evgeny Malkin, I believe, had uh, a five point night against the uh, Vancouver Canucks in a wild. 8-6 win over Vancouver. Uh, they overcame a 6-3 deficit to uh, come out of that game victorious. Uh, the Penguins just continue to roll. They seem to be able to get it done, even when their superstars are out of the lineup. So I'm putting them at the number five spot uh, this week. Number four, the defending Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues. They're 15-5-6, and six, 36 points, 692 uh, point percentage. Uh, they have a positive nine goal differential and uh, yeah, they're just continuing to uh, pick up where they left off after, you know, we don't want to talk about it, but that uh, run to the Stanley cup uh, last season. Number three is the New York Islanders. They're coming off a wild run um, where they recorded a point in, I can't even remember what it was, 16 or 17 straight games. They're 16-5-2, and two. 34 points is uh, fourth most in the NHL behind St. Louis and Edmonton, actually. Um, they have a positive goal differential, and uh, they just continue to belie the underlying stats, which we'll mention in a moment, and um, yeah, just sitting comfortably in a playoff spot right now, plus 11 goal differential, sorry. So that's the number two team. Number, no, sorry, number three was the Islanders. Number two is the Washington Capitals. They're 17, 4, and 5, 39 points, tied with the Bruins for the most in the NHL. They're uh, three up on the Blues. Uh, the, Bru the Capitals have a plus 17 goal differential, which is third in the NHL, only to uh, Boston and Pittsburgh. Their point percentage of 750 is second, and um, yeah, they look as powerful as ever. Number one team in the NHL, the Boston Bruins, 17-3-5 through 25 games. They have league-high 39 points with a game in hand on the Capitals. Therefore, they have the best point percentage in the NHL at 780. 
Uh, they have the top goal differential at plus 31. That's 10 better than the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. They are tied with the Oilers for the best power play in the league at 32%. Uh, they have the 14th ranked penalty kill at uh, 83.1%. And uh, yeah, they're just firing on all cylinders right now. And the Bruins at the Thanksgiving break are the number one team in the NHL, according to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, but also uh, any objective measure, I would say you'd have to have the Bruins at least top one or top two at this point. As it pertains to underlying numbers, I'd be wary of the Islanders' long-term success. They have a 46.3 Corsi 4 percentage, which is 30th in the NHL, meaning they're being regularly and uh, quite significantly uh, out shot attempted on any given night. If you look at their uh, expected goals percentage, which is the quality of shots they're getting, they are also uh, 22nd in the NHL. Uh, they are being buoyed right now by a 101.8 uh, PDO, meaning uh, their goaltending has been really strong between Grice and Varlamov, and that's really been keeping them afloat. Um, and they've been getting some pretty lucky shooting, uh, some good puck luck, meaning things should level off. Uh, down the road and um, they might not be able to hang around for too long in that uh, metro race uh, with the Penguins and the Capitals. Speaking of PDO, the Bruins do have a 103.9 PDO, which is tops in the NHL. Uh, they're getting uh, exceptional shooting percentage at 5-on-5 five five play. They're 10.47, the only team in double digits. They're also getting uh, extremely good goaltending five on five. And that is at 93.46. I've mentioned the goaltending before the fact that they're able to have that one, two tandem means that you won't see that big drop off in save percentage as you do with other teams. Um, and the offense is pretty well spread out. So usually a high PDO suggests some form of regression at some point. I would expect that with the Bruins to be honest, but not as drastically as uh, one might expect because of the fact they have a very balanced lineup uh, that can, all three lines can score. Sorry, all four lines can score on any given night. And they have those um, two goalie, excellent goalies who provide uh, starter level goaltending on uh, any given night. Corsi wise, I'd say, um, yeah, the Penguins are well positioned for su sustained success. 53.58 Corsi 4 percentage, 4th in the NHL. Um, the Bruins are uh, 15th at 49.88, so that's another sign that there's some regression possibly coming. Um, so don't be too surprised if the Bruins experience a bit of a, uh, a dip in the coming weeks, but um, as of right now, everything is firing on all cylinders. Uh, of the five teams I mentioned, the Islanders are one to watch for sure as a potential uh, dropper. That's it for all the President's Men this week. Again, that would be, um, what did I have? Pittsburgh, the Blues, Islanders, Capitals, and your Bruins as the number one team in the NHL.
Before we wrap up today, let's take a look at the latest in the biggest story in the NHL right now, that being the uh, Bill Peters situation in Calgary. Lots uh, going on with that. Bill Peters did issue an apology yesterday via several uh, prominent hockey media members. Uh, he said the incident with Akeem Alou was isolated and immediately regrettable. He said the statement was made in a moment of frustration. It does not reflect my personal values. After the incident, I was rightfully challenged about my use of language, and I immediately returned to the dressing room to apologize to the team. I have regretted the incident since it happened, and I now apologize to anyone negatively affected by my words. I am aware there is no excuse for language that is offensive. I meant no disrespect in what I said, but and it was not directed at anyone in particular. But that doesn't matter. It was hurtful and demeaning. I am truly sorry. Uh, the consensus on social media, and I tend to agree that this was a pretty weak apology. Uh, you can't say what he said and not um, mean any disrespect. This, this is not even possible. And to say that it was not directed at anyone in particular is false, seeing as there was clearly uh, one player that was targeted with his remarks. Um, interesting that he did not apologize to Alou in this, uh, letter that he put out. He apologized only to the Flames organization, uh, that he used in a professional setting a decade ago. Um, I know my comments have been the source of both anger and disappointment. I understand why it was an isolated and immediately regrettable incident. He said, I take responsibility for what I said, um, I don't know about you. I've never used that language in my life. I wouldn't even uh, think of doing that. And uh, to say that it's isolated, I, I just don't. I don't believe that. It's you can't just say that out of the blue um, and it not be part of either your worldview or something that you've used before. Um, Frank Saravelli of TSN pointed out Peters did acknowledge the incident with Michael Jordan that we talked about uh, yesterday on the podcast where um, Jordan alleged that Peters had physically struck him and another teammate on the bench during a game. Hurricanes head coach Rod Brindamore acknowledged the incident took place uh, as well as another in which Peters punched an unnamed player. Brindamore, of course, was Peters' assistant coach when those episodes took place. Uh, he said the incidents were addressed by the players and management and never happened again. Uh, apparently, it stopped there because former Hurricanes owner Peter Carmanos Jr. Uh, says he was never informed by then-GM Ron Francis. Uh, he, he said that he would have fired Peters in a nanosecond had Francis told them about those claims. Francis is the current general manager of the Seattle Blanks. They have yet to be named, but... Uh, there's been no comment from them as to um, why the buck stopped with Francis, why Peters' services were retained, and if there was any discipline even taken against him. Um, Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet said uh, there's likely a face-to-face -face meeting between Peters and the league that is going to occur depending on the Flames' actions, and that raises the possibility of league-mandated punishment along with whatever the Flames do. As of right now, he remains employed by the Calgary Flames. He did not coach the team in their game against Buffalo. Uh, he actually left before they did. Again, I can't stress this enough. 
that there is no place for racism in hockey. That goes for homophobia, sexism, misogyny. Uh, I don't condone that for one bit. There's no excuse for what Peters said and did, uh, both verbally and physically. And I, I do not want to see him coaching at any level anytime soon. Uh, and hopefully the Flames are able to sort out the legal ramifications and to get this sorted uh, sooner than later. Um, again, there might be some legal issues that they're dealing with that the league might have to contend with as a result of the fallout. Uh, but uh, ultimately, I believe the Flames will do the right thing, um, move on. And um, I just want to give a shout out to anyone who has stepped up and shared a story of abuse or racism in the hockey community. It takes a lot of courage to do so. And uh, I have all the respect in the world for um, yeah, the courage that it takes to step forward to share stories, uh, whether it be uh, to Dan Carcillo, who's collecting a lot of stories, whether it be to uh, just friends and family members in a tight circle, just to be able to acknowledge it, to um, admit that it happened, that this is wrong. Something needs to be done. Uh, it takes a lot of courage to take a stand like that. And I have a lot of respect for anyone who's able to do that. Um, so special uh, amount of love to you today on Thanksgiving. And I hope you're all enjoying good times with friends and family. Uh, that's it for today's episode. We'll keep it uh, relatively short for today. We'll be back tomorrow. I'm not sure if we'll uh, record prior to or after the game against the New York Rangers in the afternoon. But um, yeah, all the best to all of you today. Thank you so much for listening. If you're taking the time out of your holiday to uh, check out the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, I'm very thankful for everyone who takes time to listen to the show on a daily basis or even just once or twice a week. Uh, it's been a, a privilege to host this podcast through now 44 episodes and I'm looking forward to uh, bringing you the best possible Bruins coverage that I can muster uh, over the course of their regular season and hopefully deep into the playoffs. So happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I'll talk to you tomorrow. This is the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find me on Twitter at ENC McLaren. Follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. And if you have any other feedback, you can send it to LockedOnBostonBruins at gmail.com. Again, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your turkey or whatever you're eating today. And we'll check in again tomorrow. Peace.